time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 452 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I've long believed that the comics industry has to adapt and grow in order to survive. And one of the companies that I really appreciate is Shades of Vengeance, which is doing storytelling on a variety of fronts. Of course, comics are a big part of all this. And I talk with Ed Jowett from Shades of Vengeance about their latest Kickstarter. It's called A Titan's Rise, a cyberpunk narrative podcast. This tale is part of the Consortium story, which has been portrayed in comics, in audio dramas, and they're looking at other avenues in a way to do it. This one tells a part of the story we haven't yet gotten to, and as such, I'm really excited about it. I talk with Ed about how this came to be, what kinds of things he had to do to keep the continuity together with the comics as well as other things, and what kinds of things that Shades of Vengeance is looking at for the future. When I spoke with him, they had already met their goal, which is a wonderful thing, and they have great stretch goals going right now. So I highly encourage you, after you listen to this interview, to go to Kickstarter and support a Titan's Rise. I think you're going to enjoy what he has to say, and I think you'll enjoy the entire experience that Shades of Vengeance offers, including comics. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. Elliot, I am afraid that we have just received some upsetting news. I wanted to explain what has happened to you before you hear about it anywhere else. I can't follow you to Smyrdia security. I've got my own plans. My father... Everything is temporary, Janelle. Don't do this to yourself. It's not worth it. Can't quite reach it. Hurry up. Wait, Smyrdia security is huge. There has to be more to this. I see you, Mr. Dragon. The others may not, but with long life comes large experience. May the best man win. A Titan's Rise. It's always great fun to talk with Ed Jowett from Shades of Vengeance. And Ed, you've got a Kickstarter going on right now. Why don't we get right to that? Tell us what's going on in your Kickstarter. Well, first of all, before I go to that, I just want to say it's a great pleasure to be back once again with you, Wayne. Uh, It's always fantastic to come on and talk to you. And it's really great to have the opportunity to do that about something that maybe is a little more unusual for the material you cover. I'm not sure how much of this type of thing you cover. So what I've got going on is a Titan's Rise. It's a narrative podcast, uh, which is, uh, it's based in the universe uh, era, the consortium, which you and I have spoken about before, about a variety of our, um, our our comics. Mm -hmm. We've spoken about them before. And, um, uh, my brain has suddenly, suddenly stalled. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've spoken about Era of the Consortium before for our comics. Um, as you and I'm sure your listeners know, it is based on a tabletop role-playing game universe. And I've always felt, as indeed has John, who's uh, been on your show several times, together we've always agreed that there are always lots of different ways that you can express a universe. And because of the way that we built the universe with the the story not being the core of what the universe offers, which is the way it has to be in a role-playing game, you've got to have kind of the the setting has to be a thing that people can explore. It's not quite like a novel because you make your own story. Mm-hmm. And because of that, or, or indeed like a graphic novel, I should say, and because of that... Y- There are many different windows that you can open up into this universe. So, you know, you can do it with comics, you can do it with a novel, you can do it with 
audio dramas. And each of these gives you a different view of what things are like. So with comics, you get to show all of the things that are happening. Um, You get to do a lot that you didn't need to explain through words. And with audio, you don't get to do that. You you get to do a little bit with sounds. Um, and the skillful use of applying foley is really, really vital. You know, you hear the you hear the footsteps and you know they're walking away or they're walking towards you or or whatever. But that's that's and it is key to telling the story, but it's quite limited. What you get instead is this feel, this ambiance, if you like which gives you the chance to explore this story and this world in a completely different way to you know what you see in a comic i was um i i think i mentioned to you before that we turned some of our actually existing superhero comics into audio dramas as well and they'll be coming on kickstarter in the in the near future um but one of the things i was doing is i was looking at blue shift uh mind games the first one no, second. that's the second one. Blue Shift Frenemies, the first Blue Shift comic. And um, I, I, I realized that on the comic panel, you don't notice that the alarm is actually ringing for about eight pages. You know, there's a bank robbery going on, the alarm's going off. You realize the alarm's going off initially, and then we didn't kind of belabor the point because it would get annoying. Mm-hmm. So then when we approached doing that in the audio drama, I obviously told the editor, hey, dude, um, the alarm's going off, and the alarm's still going off, and the alarm's still going off, and the alarm's still going off. And he absolutely did it. He, he stuck it in there, and it, it lasted for minutes. And I was sat there going, okay, okay, we probably have to do something about this. <laughs> this is maybe a little bit, little bit too annoying. <laughs> but it was one of those things that really made me think, oh, well, look, in the comic, you actually kind of lose the idea that you know we are in the middle of a bank robbery because obviously we're just looking around and 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 you know we're following blue shift and she doesn't remain in the bank the entire time and you almost lose the idea that it's in the middle of a bank robbery if you're not thinking about the story carefully you don't have that feel and that i think the feel of the universe rather than just the look of the universe I think the feel comes across a lot more in audio, and that's one of the things I really love about it. And uh, you know, you know very well, I am a sci-fi guy. I love my sci-fi, and the opportunity to bring the feeling of this universe to life was something I absolutely could not pass up on. I was absolutely thrilled to get involved. Um, I didn't, I should say, I didn't initially expect to get quite as involved as I did, um, but uh, I, I was absolutely thrilled to get involved when uh, one of my team came to me and said, hey, let's do this. Here's, here's a good idea. Let's do this. See, the <clears> thing <throat> that interests me a lot about this is that the line between comics and other forms of, of storytelling has really gotten blurred. And I think you're, you guys and what you're doing is a, is a perfect example um, I don't know if you remember back several years ago, there was a, a, a book called Nexus and they had, they were putting out black and white copies. And the third one had what they called a flexi disc with it. And they took the comic and they acted it out on this flexi disc. So you could listen to it while you're reading the book and you got mm. the sound and stuff <clears throat> going on in the background while you were reading the book. And, you know, I, that's one of the things when we, you talked about this and, and when we talked about getting together and talking about this thing, that, that line sometimes, I, I like it when it's blurred. You know, there's web comics. There's all different kinds of things going on. You know, it, holding the comic in your hand is part of it, but it seems to be that there's other areas, especially now that we have multimedia things going on, that it's really important to explore because, you know, to see the comic and then see it become like, like blue shift, see that turn into a radio drama or an audio drama. It, it's going to be really something to listen to. So I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities that what you guys are, are doing. And I think you're going to expand things that, you know, of course the big example over uh, where you guys are, Dr. Who, mm. they have audio dramas. Yeah, they, they do. do. They have a lot and they're, they're really great. I mean, the guy who does that, he was part of the PBC and then he, 
you know, for, for many years, I understand. And then he left and he uh, and he decided to do his own thing, which was these Doctor Who audio dramas. Uh, Big Finish, I think, I think the company's mm-hmm. called. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I agree 100%. I think that having this, you know, this sort of extra dimension, you can listen to it while you read it. You can get an idea because I directed it. Um, you know, and, and I'm talking about Blue Shift here, and obviously that's that's not the one that I've I've got on Kickstarter now. But mm-hmm. you know, I directed it. And how does Blue Shift talk? Well, of course, Blue Shift talks very quickly, um, sort of almost like the sentences are running away from her. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to have a brilliant voice actress um who was able to really pull that off very nicely. Um and the almost sort of um the almost sort of scatterbrained way in which Blue Shift behaves really comes across very nicely. And it lets you do this characterization. And anyone who reads Blue Shift, you know, you, you're going to know Blue Shift talks. Blue Shift talks a lot, right? She speaks mm-hmm. at super speed. She can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're trying to bring that to life, how do you do that without all of the other characters feeling a bit sort of small or, or underdeveloped? And I'm really, really proud of the way the comic actually developed the characters because it absolutely led me down the line. Now I should say that when we did the when we did the Blue Shift comic um, and a couple of the others, um, we actually elected to add a few additional scenes because I think one of the things that we didn't get to do in the comic due to page number was really like how does she deal with normal crime? She comes across a criminal breaking into cars. What happens? What 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 does she do? How like how does she deal with that? How does she behave towards a normal criminal that's maybe not Shira and not Daniel and not behaving that way? And we got the opportunity to do that for I believe each one of the characters. We did it for Lacuna. We did it for Blue Shift, and it it came out very very nicely to show sort of just that that. Standard street crime, and no matter what you might say about some of the some of the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, mm-hmm. Spider Man Two obviously made a big sort of a big deal of okay, the street crime stopping the street crimes taking over my life. Let alone the supervillains, the street crimes doing it. Mm-hmm. And I really liked one of the scenes where you know he's he's trying to do his thing, and and he sees a crime, and he has to and it, and he has to stop. And then you have this thing later where he's given up his powers and he, he walks past and he looks at the crime, the, the guy's beating the other guy up and he's like, uh, I would go do something right now. And he sort of, he almost stops and turns and then sort of has to physically turn himself away and walk on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, you know, I think there are a lot of bad things you can say about those movies. They're not perfect by any means, but I think that moment is exactly how I think a superhero would feel when they've been stopping crimes for literally years. Mm -hmm. And I really thought that moment and the performance of the scene, I think it really encapsulated what what that might feel like. And I don't think that if I pulled off that scene with any of the characters based on just what you've seen in the comics, Mm -hmm. I don't think you'd really get that kind of emotional understanding of what this person's going through because we don't have time in the it's always a page count thing it always is we have so much we want to tell so little time to do it yeah well it's it's really amazing the way that you do this kind of stuff we we should get right to the kickstarter though uh, well well let me ask you right off the bat you know it's called the titans rise mm-hmm. and let's let me get the specifics in here i know cuz i backed it it's uh, Titans Rise, a cyberpunk narrative podcast, the dark story of growing up while fighting the pressures from corporations that control the universe and your own nature. Now, the good news is, and I'm running into this a lot these days with Kickstarters, you've already met your goal. We have, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, did some, I did some different things this time, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a higher goal than any of the other audio dramas we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. But I really think that, you know, people who come on and look at it, I really think they look at it and they think, okay, I can see why I can see why this is worth backing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I got some numbers from Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently, about five percent of people who visited the page have actually backed the project. 
hmm. which is an incredibly large number when you think about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. You know, that's 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 fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to keep bringing people in, which is one of the reasons why I said, "Hey, can I come and talk to you?" But um, I firmly believe in our work, and I think that it speaks for itself. Um, I said earlier, I didn't expect to be quite as involved with this project as I ended up being. Um, I was persuaded, I suppose you'd say, to go ahead and play the lead, Elliot Dragon. Mm. And I was surrounded by several really talented voice actors, and they all supported me really, really well. I wasn't quite on their level, but um, fortunately I didn't have to do a lot of changing between characters because obviously my voice is quite recognizable uh by the time i'm i'm the lead mm-hmm. um and i'm not i'm not much of a kind of i can't do accents um or, or disguise my voice terribly well mm-hmm. so um yeah i mean i i play elliot um i had to do the the sort of the child elliot and sort of pitch up my voice um for sort of the 10-year-old Elliot. Uh, fortunately, I, I am actually quite good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it came out rather rather nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, we basically follow his story from when he's 10 years old mm-hmm. through to when he's in his mid-20s or so. Mm-hmm. And as, as the description says, he's, he knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. And as he moves through his life, he is affected by the corporations that run this universe. Mm-hmm. And he's forced into certain things that maybe wouldn't be what he would chose. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he's pushed into particular directions. And despite that, he almost always has a choice of some sort. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think makes this interesting, and, and some of the others have uh, uh, you know, others involved have commented on that since they read the script, is that you look at it and you think, okay, would I have made that choice in this situation? Mm-hmm. Was, the, was this the right choice or the wrong choice, mm-hmm. in my opinion? And mm-hmm. even if it is the wrong choice, would I still have made that choice given those circumstances? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting story to to tell because it's about... It's about how you exercise your personal freedom to reach your goals mm-hmm. when everyone around you, they're, they're more trying to stop you or, or at least push you in the direction that they want. Yeah, uh, the thing I'm interested to is that, you know, how does this audio drama fit in with like the comics and stuff like that? Is this is this in the same time as some of them? And if so, which ones does this happen? Is this it's part of, obviously part of the 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 universe, the the consortium universe that you guys do. Where does the audio drama fit in as far as that goes? Yeah, so it fits in actually between the two major timelines that we've looked at in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, actually, I lie. We've looked at three, but. Um, uh, you and I have spoken before about the Bug War. Mm-hmm. Um, there were three comics in in that series, and this happens about two hundred years after the Bug War ends. Hmm. However, we've also spoken about Last Stand of Stiletto Unit, mm-hmm. um, and this <clears throat> I don't I don't want to spoil it too much. So I'm forgive me for dancing around it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but. This character, Elliot, is quite important to that, but this story takes place before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've actually got an exclusive for you and your listeners, Wayne, if they've lasted 18 minutes. (laughs) Um, This is the first part of two. So there are four episodes in this part, but there's actually another four episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, we've already recorded all eight episodes. We haven't mm. edited them all. Um, oh, we've edited wow. these four, um, and they're pretty much ready to go as soon as the Kickstarter ends. Wow! But there are another four episodes that come after this, so we we break in the middle here because it's a massive. the The end of this story is a massive ideological shift 
for Elliot. And it's it's related to, you know, responding to the corporation's pressures. And he makes a big choice about how he's going to lead his life differently hmm. after this fourth episode ends. Uh, he has a major life event, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoiler. Mm-mm. But he has a major life event and it makes him go, okay, I'm not going to be like this anymore. I'm going to do that instead. And that's where the break takes place. Sort of after he has this realization that it's not it's not worth being the way he's been. Mm-hmm. And he has to revise the way that he approaches life in general if he's going to overcome these pressures from the corporations that, that rule the universe. Mm-hmm. And what happens is actually Lost End of Stiletto Unit, the, the other comic, is based somewhere in the middle there's actually a direct reference to the events of it uh, somewhere in the middle of the second part. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So um, it's, it's sort of it's leading up and through that and even a little beyond it hmm. to what happens next. Okay. So that's good. So that'll be, there'll be all kinds of good things. You're, you're fleshing out this whole universe and you're doing it in comics, you're doing it in audio. Uh, you're doing it all different kinds of ways. And I think that's pretty cool that, that you're doing that. Because you know the, the universe that you guys have constructed is so big that you can't just do it in one medium. Seems to me. Yeah, I, that's very much the way I feel. This this universe is sort of it's almost bursting at the seams and going do more, do more, do more. And uh, uh, another exclusive for for your your listeners, it's a little way off still, but I'm actually working on a novel at the moment as well. Um, hmm. I'm about I'm about eighty thousand words into a hundred thousand word novel. Um, it's still a little way off. We've got more to do, but uh, I'm working with a co-writer, um, really, really nice guy, um, who who really understands what it is that we want to achieve with the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, after kind of talking to him and, and and talking to him about what we're doing, but you know, I, I think that one of the really important things, and it's very, very true of a Titan's Rise, is all of these things have to be standalone, mm-hmm. as well as combinatory if you'll allow Mm -hmm. me to use that word which i'm not even (laughs) sure is a word but you know if if you only read the novel you will have a really good solid sci-fi novel that you will enjoy you know you you will understand the story you'll follow the story completely 100 even if you've never even heard of era the consortium before Mm -hmm. if you've read the comics as well you'll probably get just this other dimension because you'll know that little bit more you'll know who benjamin hayden is Right. So when someone talks about, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Uh, he's a modern day Benjamin Hayden. You know, he's he's a businessman. You, you'll know a hell of a lot more about Benjamin Hayden just from uh, counting down from one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 uh, and, and a Titans Rise does r- refer to the bug war, you know, it, it, it'll have a one liner explanation. Oh, yeah, we used to fight these guys. Mm-hmm. But if you've read the bug war comics, and someone, you know, someone in a Titan's Rise, there's a line that's, um, you, you shouldn't call them that. You know, 200 years later, you shouldn't call them that. You shouldn't call them bugs. Um, you know, you, you can't ignore what humans did to them when we called them things like that. Mm-hmm. You, you can't call them that anymore. You know, it's not right. It's not okay. And she gets very, uh, this, this character gets very uptight about it. Mm-hmm. Um, to to the person she's talking to, and um, you know, it's it's this it's this sort of extra dimension of knowledge that you have, and mm-hmm. if you're listening to it for the first time, you you'll understand, right? It's not hard to understand. Okay, the bug war, we did things to them when when they talk like that. Okay, we're talking about we won that war and we committed some atrocities to do it. I I probably can figure that out. Mm-hmm. But if you've read the bug war comics, then you know that you know. Okay, yeah. But there's actually another side to this because they, you know, they killed Hai Shang's mother and Hai Shang had to respond to this. And, and you know, we had the, we had the exploration of um, Aron by the Shade who, who went away and came back with an everlasting respect for the Zimians that didn't fade for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you have this extra dimension that you know that although there's a different outlook, you know, there's a different way in which they approach life, they're, they're people too. 
mm-hmm. basically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they 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 are they are as worthy of life as any human, and the war is truly a misunderstanding that escalated badly. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see it could almost go almost have gone the other way, right? And nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But you know, this this guy, you know, he's like, oh yes, well, I welcome, and again, you get this. Bug War number one, number two, number three. We've done audios for all of those as well. Mm. Um, they're currently in editing. Uh, we've actually released Bug War number one. Uh, mm. You can get it on Audible mm. at the moment. Um, we did a Kickstarter for it. Um, bug War number two is still to come. But in Bug War number one, we have someone who, you know, actually plays that role of the person who walks up and goes, hello, I'm from the consortium, and I'm really important, and I'm waving my arms around and smiling, and to you that looks threatening. And you can hear a lot more of what's going on and the confusion with the, you know, because you can't stick a speech bubble in of people going, oh no, what's going on in a Mm -hmm. comic? It's too much. But Mm -hmm. to have someone in the background, you're like, oh my god, he's torn her arms off. You know, you, you... you instantly know that everyone in that area is panicking. And I think that uh, having told that story three times now, once in the role-playing game in a short story format, once in the comic and once in the audio, I think that with all of those three together, only then do you actually get all of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and each one stands alone perfectly well. Mm-hmm. But you get more and more dimension to what you're looking at for this, you know, for this event, this one event in the universe. And then when you think that there are 450 years of history, you, yeah, I can't not do things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. See, the, the thing that I, I, I was, you were saying about this, I was thinking that too, you actually, it, it's like an immersive experience. You get the visuals from the comics and the audio and the stuff. It you put them all together and it's like you're there. Which yeah. I really like about that. Yeah, it's almost like you don't need a movie because your mind will fill in the gaps and, and often that's one of the most powerful things about comics and even audio. Mm-hmm. Because your mind fills in those gaps you don't you don't actually explicitly see. Mm-hmm. And when you've got both of those things it guides you to fill in those gaps mm-hmm. rather than actually sort of pushing you and saying, this is exactly what happened in exactly this place. But because you get this feeling of panic and you know that the shuttle's taking off without these people and they're going, wait, wait for us. Why are you, Bleh. you know, you, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I love that opportunity. I love being able to do that. Mm-hmm. That's great fun. I mean, the, the, what I've seen, I listened to some of the stuff on the in the Kickstarter. If you go to the Kickstarter, mm. you can hear samples of the audio drama, and you get to see some of what the characters look like and things like that. You have a book, I think, that has character designs in it, too, that helps when you visualize. That's right. We uh, We decided to finally pull the trigger on the art book for this one. So... Um, I've, I've always been a fan of that sort of thing. Um, and I, uh, there, there are two books that are, well, three that are coming with this. So there's the script, mm-hmm. um, so that you can read along, you know, one of the things I had when I was a kid, and this is funny cause I've only just watched it again recently. Mm-hmm. We, when I was very young, this would have been, um, uh, we recorded an episode of He-Man. And there's this one line that Skeletor says, and I must have watched that, I don't even know how many how many times, you know, tens of times. And as a kid, I could never hear what he was saying. I even tried the slow button on the VCR, you know, like, um, and I didn't realize it wouldn't play the sound if you did that. But I remember that was how I found the slow button and found out what it did for the very first time on the VCR to try and understand what that line was, because I couldn't, couldn't get it. And... Um, I, you know, I think that having subtitles or a script or something just makes so much difference because young me never understood the context of that scene because I never heard that line, mm-hmm. right? And I've only mm-hmm. just watched it again very recently. And actually, with a little bit of replaying and a little bit of you know more understanding than I had w- when I was a kid of what the, you know, what w- how the people might behave and and so on, I I finally heard what that line actually was and i was like oh right okay so that does fit in and i i now finally understand 
Um, and I, I think I think including the script in an audio drama is very much like that. It gives you the tools. Yeah, you can follow it along. You know what? If you do, you'll find it's not word perfect because I think that's. I think it's more interesting to see the script we actually recorded with than to update it necessarily to what we changed it to. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. no no plan survives contact with the enemy. Um, in this case, the enemy are very much the voice actors, um, including me, mm-hmm. uh, because you'll end up with a line you can't say. You know, you just just for whatever reason, it's just not coming out right. You know, you can't you can't say the words. And um, as a result, you know, you, you tweak it, you modify it. Or maybe it's maybe it looked good on paper, and and even when you read it out to yourself, it looked good. But when the actor says it, you think, no, 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 no. Rearrange these words, or or change this, change this to be that. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, already gone. Um, I offered my recording script with my notes on it, hmm. but that that was snapped up in, in just a minute. There's only one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but but you know, yeah, it was snapped up in in no time flat. Wow. And um, that was the the kind of how we how we made the decisions because you know I'd make changes or notes or or whatever, um, and I offer that uh, for every single one of the audio dramas. So you know I'll have my original recording script for Blue Shift or for Violet. So if you're a particular fan of that comic and you'd really like to see, it'll be there. But you know if you're not if you're not lucky enough to be there first, the script book. It gives you this this insight into yeah that was what was said, and then the second book, as you say, is the art book. So the consortium, uh, we have had, I mean, we've had comments since I made the consortium for the first time uh, and put it on Kickstarter seven years ago, nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, that the artwork for the consortium is breathtaking, and I have been lucky all along. You know, every single time that I've tried to get artwork for the consortium, including a Titan's Rise. I mean, this this image at the top, um, it's brand new. It was specifically done for a Titan's Rise. Um, the rest of them are from the existing story uh, because there is crossover, as you know, with the universe. So, um, you know, I was able to pull in some of the stuff uh, like the space battle and, uh, you know, the 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 various, um, the dome breach and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... When we, you know, when when we started launching this campaign, um, again, it was it was Leo, um, and I, I would be remiss in this conversation if I didn't mention Leo. Um, Leo is uh, the guy on our team who is a massive fan of audio, um, in particular. Um, he wrote the initial kind of skeleton for several of the episodes, and then I I finished it off. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he's not the best experienced writer, um, but he's very enthusiastic and um, he's got a good grasp of storytelling. But um, in particular, his thing is um, audio. So you know, he was advising us on how we get the audio quality. Um, he was advising us on uh, you know how we make sure that when we record, we're getting the right kind of content. Mm-hmm. Um helping us with, no, 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 don't record at this point, we've got too much background noise, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he he's featured in a, a large number of the videos where we discuss things. I, I usually discuss things with him. Um, he and I have been uh, friends and co-workers for, for years now. Um, and he, you know, he said, Ed, um, I know, let's do an art book. Um, I think he was inspired by the recent Final Fantasy VII remake release because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I got the deluxe version myself. I didn't get the the, the full on, you know, uh, you get the cloud with motorbike version. I got the one down from that, <laughs> and that came with the you know the soundtrack and the and the art book. And he, you know, he spent ages looking at the art book. Uh, I I did too. I mean, it was it's lovely. But um, he said, I really think we should do something like this for Era of the Consortium. I think we could. I think we've got the right kind of artwork that we that it would look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that we should do something that shows people what the consortium looks like if we're going to explore a variety of areas. Mm-hmm. So that's the art book. And then the final book, um, I've actually just been working on this one today. Um, it is the 450 years of stories that have been written, again, over the last seven years or so. 
mm-hmm. to explore all of the time of the consortium. Hmm. So it's it's the full set of short stories in one kind of novel. Um, I've been looking to some of my favorite novels. Um, Dune is probably my favorite novel of all time. And I've been looking at my copy of that and going, okay, how can I, you know, how can I match the format and, and make it sort of look and feel similar? So, you know, the off-white pages that, that a lot of modern novels don't do anymore. Uh, they, they go with a lot more white pages. Um, a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the looking at the margins and font size and style and words per page and so on. Um, and all of this stuff to try and produce a, a, a set of short stories that people can read through or dip into or whatever they like that tells the story of the consortium in full, as it were, from that particular perspective. Hmm. Uh, you know, another of those windows that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Uh, now, that's a novel. That doesn't include the comics, right? That does not include the comics, correct. Um. I one of the things that I decided when I was deciding to open all of these windows, um, as I said, the sh- one of the short stories covers the events around um, the first contact with the Zimians and the uh, High Shang Hayden um, and and her standing up, but it's not as complete a character study of High Shang Hayden. It is instead telling the story of the events. And I do not ever want any of the forms of media to become obsolete because mm. you get it somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. I want the mm-hmm. comic to have standalone value for anyone who likes the consortium because it tells that story in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is true of A Titan's Rise. That is true of the, the collection of short stories. Mm-hmm. That is true of the comics. It's true of the novel. Everything interlinks, mm-hmm. and everything cool. stands to give you something new. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Because what I've read and what I've experienced of it has really been great fun. I really, have an, it, it's very immersive. You know, it, it just pulls you in. I, I get to know the characters. I mean, you know, like Blue Shift, I feel like I know her. Mm. And the way that you guys are doing things, it makes me feel like I've, you know, I've, I'm actually a, like a visitor in the consortium universe on the different ways. So it, I think you do such a beautiful job of it. It's just such a wonderful thing about it. I, I do love the multimedia approach to it all. I just think it's, <laughs> I think you guys are like vanguards of the future. I think we're going to see more of this as comics and things, all these things evolve and we have access to multimedia more and more. I think you guys are going to be an example of what we're going to see as far as comics and storytelling as we go forward. So I think, you know, that's a great way that you're doing it. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, uh, it's that we never went into it thinking, Oh, I know we'll be vanguards. Um, you know, that if, if we're vanguards, I assure you it's completely by accident because for us, this has always been about exactly one thing. It's about telling stories that we love, we can relate to, and we would want to experience. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we're not seeing the stories we want out there. So we go away, and John goes away with me, and we write comics. And I go away with Leo, and we write audio dramas. And you know, I go away with Jake, and we write the novel. And, and we, go, we go away, and we tell these stories that we desperately want to see and be told. And that really was that really is what it's all about for us. And uh, as I say, if we're vanguards, fantastic. I will help anyone I can get to where we're going. Right? Uh, I, I am more than happy to help. Uh, I believe I've spoken before about um, Imagine RPG. Uh, you know, where we help people create their own uh, role playing games. Um, we've expanded it to include audio dramas and comics. Um, you know, anything we can do to help people, we always will. Um, but for us, it's it's about telling the stories. It's about telling amazing stories that inspire. And I could not be more honored that you are inspired by these stories. Um, and, you know, as you say, you, you feel like a visitor in the consortium. I mean, to me, I'm just going, oh, wow, that's that's amazing. I mean, someone with as wide an experience of stories through comics as you, you're going, I, I yeah, I just... <laughs> I'm kind of speechless, actually. I'm I'm honoured. Thank you. 
Well, it's just it's it's such a great universe, and you know I, I I'm a sci-fi guy too, and to me to get into science fiction that makes sense with people that are relatable and interesting things going on, and I, I like the multiple ways that you do it. I I mean, of course, I'm a comics guy. I, I enjoy the comics and in, in doing those, but the audio adds a different aspect to it, and it adds a different level of understanding. I think you know the gaming and stuff like I see you guys going into like animated episodes at some point and uh, i would love to and uh, you know what we have actually talked about it um we we put together john and i put together an animated sort of 10 minute short for violet and blue shift Mm -hmm. um but we weren't able to get any level of funding that we would need unfortunately it's it's horrendously expensive yeah Um, it really is and it's so sad because uh, you know this it was a 10 minute short it wasn't a really sophisticated story but it it said who they were within that 10 minutes mm-hmm. um and and i think i think you can't ask for more mm-hmm. uh from from a short of that length um i mean i i you know i watch the you know i watch the dc animated stuff in particular nowadays mm-hmm. um less so the marvel stuff um it, it doesn't appeal to me personally as much older marvel stuff stuff from the 90s definitely 100 percent um, and the odd one here and there that they did uh, more recently, I, I really like, but generally not so much my thing. But the DC animated stuff, um, you know, I watched um, the, what do they call it? Was it Doomsday? Was it Death of Superman? Yeah, Death of Superman. I can't remember which one they called it, um, but, yeah. but it was that one. And then they did the Reign of the Superman. And um, that inspired me to the point that for one of my role-playing game sessions, I actually did uh, a kind of a reign of the Superman thing for one of the major characters who dies. Mm. And I thought, oh, I know I can do this. This will be awesome. You know, I I can do this thing and it'll be, you know, it'll be a really fun thing and, and you can enjoy the adventure on its own. Or if you know, you know, if you know Reign of the Superman, you can enjoy kind of the, the tongue in cheek references I'm doing there. You know, there, there's the cyborg running around, and there's the you know, uh, there, there's there's the guy who looks just like him, um, but isn't him. You know, the kind of the clone, and then there's the the guy who um, doesn't look anything like him at all, but has sort of taken on his mantle to try and reassure people that um, you know there, there's still hope, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, no, it's just it's that stuff really inspires me, and it would I would love to do it. I, I would absolutely love, and I know that John would love it as well. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's coming. I mean, you know, yeah, maybe it wasn't the right time at that moment, but, uh, you know, now we have got, here in the States particularly, we've got you know, cable channels, if you want to do that, or like Netflix and all these other ones. They've got all this programming that they need so they can offer, you know, to get people to pay to do it. And I, I just... I know that there's going to be a place somebody's going to look at it and say, my gosh, we could put this on our channel. And I don't know if it'd be Amazon prime. I don't know if it'd be Netflix, any of those kinds of things, but I just bet you there's a place for, for your stuff. I think that's going to be out there someday. So I'm looking forward to that happening. I am so flattered. You would say that. Um, And Hey, maybe someone from Netflix or Amazon prime is listening. Hello. Yes, we have ideas, (laughs) you know, come, come talk to us. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk. We'll talk. Mm-hmm. It'd be super because this stuff is such great stuff. Now, we should make sure we get back and talk about the, the, the Kickstarter. It's going to conclude on Sunday, October 4 at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. 9 p.m. UK time. I, I used to do them later, and I thought, uh, you know, I want to be up. You know, I, I don't want it to be 3 a.m. I don't want to be having a sleepless night going, uh, uh, did it, was it okay? Like, was it okay in the end? I don't know. Ah. So I decided to, yeah, it now ends sort of afternoons on Sunday is usually when I, when I end them. That's cool because, you know, that's good for us. You know, I don't like it when people do it really like at midnight or something like that. I think you kind of miss the, the people who at the last minute might dive in. If they go to bed and they don't get to participate, then I think that's that's a, that's a missed opportunity. But I think you're doing it at a better time. I like the time that you're doing it. I think that's a great way to conclude it. And as we said, you've already met your goal, so now you're into getting into stretch goals and good things that's like right. that. Yeah. 
So there's all kinds of wonderful stuff that uh, that's coming. Some of the, uh, I, I do have to say, while, while we were talking, I actually switched, I upped my level. I was going to get the little uh, disc, uh, the little, uh, uh, what do you uh, Memory card. Yeah, the memory card. I was going to get that, but now I've, I've shifted up to the soundtrack because I, I have listened to the music. I said, you know, I really should get that. There's all kinds of good stuff on that. So I'm going to go. So I, if you don't mind, I want to take a moment to talk about Zulian because Zulian, uh, the composer. Okay. Um, she has single-handedly changed the shape of this project. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we initially, we had a plan. We knew what we were going to do. Hmm. Um, we were going to record it. We were going to get some music from online, some, some sort of, you know, uh, free, free to creative commons. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. We were going to get some creative commons music. Mm-hmm. Um, we were gonna, you know, we were gonna sort of do our thing and there'd be music and we'd figure it out. And Zulian came along and said, hey, I will, I'll write some music, you know, get everything together, get everything edited, and I will write music for the specific scenes. Mm-hmm. And I will always remember fondly the sessions that we did where we sat down and we talked through what the scene was. And while I was talking, she was sat there with a mini keyboard hooked up to her laptop playing things. Mm. Right. And I was saying, yeah. okay, so the tone of this scene is, you know, he's in a nightclub and, and, oh man, that is possibly, in my opinion, I think that's the best standalone track she wrote. Cause that nightclub music is, is absolutely brilliant. You can hear it in the, um, episode two, clip one, uh, which is on the Kickstarter. You can hear it in the background there. Mm, um, great. just for a little bit. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that. So Zulian came along and said, Hey, I'll, I'll write you some music. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, absolutely. Like, okay, we're not going to say no. And then when we got to the end of recording, uh, the, the, the recording artist, recording person, recording technician, I, I don't know what you'd call her role. Um, she unfortunately wasn't able to continue doing the editing. Mm. Um, and Zulian said, I'll do it. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, I was tearing my hair out looking for someone to, to, to help out. And Zulian said, I'll do it, but I'm only going to do it on one condition. And that is that we go to my university's Foley studio and we spend some time capturing some Foley. And I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's like, we'll do it for free. You know, I can get in for free. It's fine. I can get into the Foley studio. I'll need your time. But you know, other than that, it's, it's free. And I was like, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. And, and we went and we did that. And I, I was the Foley artist for um, all of the uh, A Titan's Rise. Mm. Um, I, I luckily have a little bit of a previous experience in, in recording Foley. So um, I was taught how to do it uh, on, on a trip out to L.A., actually. Mm. Wow. Um, and I, I contacted the person who had taught me and, and they gave me a few pointers and so on. And we recorded all of this foley, and and you know I, I got to punch gammon and and fall over a lot, and you know all this sort of thing. I'm I'm very mm-hmm. I'm very physical, and and very I commit. I think you'd say, um, and uh, yeah, I walked away with more than a couple of bruises. Let me tell you. Um, but uh, but yeah, we went away, recorded foley, and then Zulian started doing the editing, and then. Uh, she's from South Africa, and her visa ran out. So you know, we, she she was she had to go back to South Africa, um, and then you know she had to get herself on her feet there because you know it was kind of kind of sudden that it ran out. Um, unfortunately, she had been hoping to stay because she was hoping to get a job, mm-hmm. um, but it, it didn't work out that way. So you know this 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 has actually been nearly two years in coming to you because of all the stuff that we've done, but Zoo turned around and said hey we can do better than what you imagine at this point hmm. and that cool. in itself changed what it is that we delivered we delivered what you now listen to entirely because zoo said i think we can aim higher and here's how uh, i i always want to do the very best i can of course mm-hmm. um but you know you have limited resources you have limited access to things mm-hmm. and she opened doors. She put huge amounts of time into this project and a big, big part of it. She, she worked very closely with me every step of the way. It was never a case of, Oh, she's gone off and done her own thing. 
it was very much a case of, okay, she and I are in constant contact. We're working to make this thing the best it can possibly be. Right. Wow. See, that's great. Well, sometimes when, when there are people who like to volunteer and be part of a, a creative process. So that's great that, that, you know, as people get around you and they become excited about what you're doing as well, they can contribute and make it even better. And that is fantastic. You're right. And the reason that I mention it is um, for anyone listening, if you decide to back for the original soundtrack, every bit of profit from the original soundtrack goes to Zulian. So mm. I've got to get it to you. Um, but, but broadly, she gets 10 British pounds for every person who buys the soundtrack. I mean, it might be 980. But, you know, it, mm. it is, that, that goes to her because without Zulian saying, hey, I'll write some music, we wouldn't have that. It wouldn't be mm. there. Um, and it's the least that we can do to say thank you. Mm, wow. Very cool. Very cool. All this stuff is just really cool. I was looking over the, uh, the things that you can pledge. You can be a producer. Yep. And you can be, uh, you get a personal session with you yep. uh, about things that you're doing. You, you yeah, can... I mean, if you want to, yeah, if you want to talk to me about how I do comics or uh, you've talked about characterization of characters like Blue Shift. If you want to know how I do that, how I approach this situation, I'll sit there and talk to you for two hours about it. Uh, you know very well, Wayne. I, I will quite happily sit and talk at you. Um, <laughs> and it'd be good to be really interesting, too. That's the good thing about it. You're going to learn a lot, and it'll be fun to do. So, well, I, 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 as I said before, I love helping people do their thing. And, you know, it's not like any more of that money goes to me. Um, it's still spread so all of the profit that we get, because we're basically done, all of the profit that we get goes to the people who worked on the project. Mm -hmm. And it's split based on sort of agreed amounts, based on how much work it was. So audio editing gets a decent amount, um, a pretty decent amount. Um, composition gets a little bit. And, and um, you know, we've got the voice actors. They get a decent amount split between them based on number of lines. Um, I've actually pulled out of that. Um, I have half the lines ish and I've said, look, I'm not being paid for my voice acting. I'm being paid for directing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the voice acting money will go to all of the other voice actors. I'm, I'm not taking any, it was my, you know, it was my story, my dream to tell this story. I don't feel right getting paid for doing the voice acting for doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, the, the initial creator, yeah. Sometimes that's the way it goes. Yeah, no, and, and don't get me wrong. I couldn't be happier. I'm not going, oh, oh, I wish I was paid more money. It's not fair. No, I've voluntarily said I'm, you know, I've withdrawn, you know, I've, I've signed a contract with, with my company. Okay, that seems a bit redundant. But, um, you know, I've signed a contract with my company that says I am not getting paid any money for voice acting. The All of my voice acting money is just going to the other voice actors. Right, right. Right, spread out. So that's, that's really cool. That, that's again, you believe in the project that much and want to make sure that everybody gets the, their contributions recognized in a way Absolutely. that helps support them. Everyone, everyone worked so hard on this project. I mean, without exception. And you know, I I, I mentioned uh, the audio recording technician earlier, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it wasn't her fault that it that she wasn't able to continue. Um, she is absolutely still getting a chunk of the money for for her work audio recording unfortunately she didn't do the editing and and that means it goes to someone else but you know i i have so many good memories from doing this project it was fun mm -hmm. and and we got the the four of us the four main voice actors uh got really close you know we're, mm -hmm. we're really good friends still mm -hmm. two years later because we recorded in december 2018 um, and two years later, we're still really good friends and we're still sort of, we're talking to each other all the time. We're, we're even working on other projects, some of us, um, and some of us are now busy and, and not, not sort of, uh, one of them, uh, Hulda, who did many of the female characters, mm -hmm. um, she's now a stage actor. Wow. Um, she was, she was, uh, uh, still at, um, acting school, uh, when we, uh, when we did this. Um, sort of towards the end of her time there, and um, yeah, we uh, we you know she was able to she she's been successful, and I'm really happy for her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it's uh, the the people who worked on this project worked incredibly hard, without exception. 
great. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, you get to hear samples and you, you said, I said the, the material is just about ready. Once the Kickstarter ends on October 4, the materials will be ready for everybody to listen to the episodes and stuff like that. The so. episodes themselves will be ready very quickly indeed, yeah. Um, we've got to do the credits, mm-hmm. um, the beginning and end credits. Obviously, we can't do that because someone might be a producer. Right, right. So we, we can't right. actually do that until it ends. But that right. is literally the only thing that's there. I have in my possession the entire episodes one to four with no credits. Um, they're all just sat in my in my folder, backed up. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, they're they're completely ready to go as soon as we record the credits. And then, you know, um, I told you already. I was working on the collection of short stories, the novel sized book today. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a brilliant friend of mine. Um, he's very generously offered to go through and make sure I haven't done any copy and paste errors, basically. Okay. Um, cause I'm moving all of these from existing books into one book for the first time and then doing an edit pass, but just to make sure I haven't lost the story or whatever, it just needs a second pair of eyes sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, and, good. and he's volunteered very, very grateful for that. Um, and the art book, um, I'm going to be looking at sort of tomorrow, day after, and trying to get all of the artwork from seven years ago when we were doing concept art for Era the Consortium, all the way up to sort of the most recent stuff, which is only a, about a year old. Okay. Okay, great. Well, it's called The Titans Rise, a cyberpunk narrative podcast. And of course, there's comics and good things involved. It's, it, you want to get onto the Kickstarter. It, it's now met its goal. And so there's good stretch goals coming. And it's going to end on Sunday, October 4 at 4 p.m. Uh, if people want to get the comics or people want to do your stuff besides the Kickstarter, how do they get in touch with your stuff, Ed? Shadesofvengeance.com slash store. Or, you know, just the plain shades of vengeance.com if you want to look at stuff. Um, but all of the comics are on the store. Uh, you can grab them there, digital or physical. Um, I will package them up and ship them out to you. I'm getting quite good at doing that. Um, yeah, no, it's. It, um, I'm sure you'll put a link in the, uh, in the show notes or, or whatever yeah. to, to the site. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you can get the comics. That, um, that on the store, I've even set it up so that you can click that you want to see the comics. And you'll just get the comic items if you're if you're not interested in role playing games. Totally understand. Some people it's not for them. Yeah. Um, some people it is. So mm-hmm. you know it's there and it's you you have your choice. Yeah. Well, it's you can get digital, of course, or physical copies, stuff like that. So it's all good. This, I mean, you know, there's there's very few areas in storytelling that you guys aren't doing doing well. So again, it's a Titans Rise. Make sure it's on Kickstarter. You got until Sunday, October fourth, at four p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to get in there, in there and support this good thing because I think it, what you're doing too, you're supporting the whole universe, not just the the audio drama. As good as that is, you're supporting the comics. Not everything gets supported when these things are successful. So you want to do the good things. And Ed, all I can tell you is, man, you're doing wonderful stuff. It's always good to talk with you, and it's always great to see the wonderful things you guys are creating. So I'll, you know, just keep forward. I'm looking forward to getting the uh, the soundtrack. I can't wait for that. Thank you so much for having me on again. Um, it's fantastic. I'll tell you what, one more exclusive for you guys. Um, okay. <laughs> Violet number two coming very soon. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm it's just being lettered. We're most of the way through it, coming very soon. I hope oh, that you'll have me back on to talk to, talk to you about it uh, when it's ready. We will definitely do that. It's going to be great. I can't wait for that. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne as a man I'm flesh and blood I can be ignored I can be destroyed but it's a symbol get the latest from the comics universe news interviews previews and reviews listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics That's a wrap for this episode. Until next time, keep reading your comics.
when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.